0: Welcome, welcome, everybody. It's episode 327 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the Rafa Benitez of Irish MMA media, Graham MacDonald, as we talk about a pretty busy night. In the world of mixed martial arts, we're recording here just after the card finished, so uh, uh, a very quick reaction, there's much uh, coming up next weekend, so we'll talk a lot about uh, this card that, that has just gone by, uh, and uh, we've got a few topics as well that, sh- that we shall bring to you, but first of all, we must tell you that... Uh, everyone knows who listen to this podcast you know we're a WBA podcast but we like a bit of soccer as well and that it, that's back now and our friends at Manscaped are here with a masterclass to get you ready for the new season the leaders in men's grooming have done it again and just launched their fourth generation performance package included in that is that 4.0 absolutely unbelievable Unam- amazing i was going to call it unbelievable the 4.0 trimmer the 4.0 will even have Paris Saint-Germain jealous of your well-groomed package Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manskept with the new Performance Package 4.0 by going to manscaped.com and getting 20% off and free shipping with the code Severe uh, MMA Myself for Grab, Obviously you know we've, we've been about a year Using Manscaped now And it's absolutely Phenomenal stuff All together You know Getting back out Into the world Bellator is coming up We'll be heading up to that So we'll have to be Fully scaped uh, <laughs> For that one uh, The performance package 4.0 By Manscaped uh, Is here And wow That's the package It's absolutely class From top to bottom uh, Literally I'll take your grooming Game to the next level Inside You will find That lawnmower 4.0 trimmer the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer formulations and two free gifts first of all the new uh, 4.0 includes the lawnmower 4.0. The trimmer it's a it gives an absolute masterclass and a clinical trim to your balls. Uh, the uh, the the summer transfer window has brought uh, lots of changes to my team, especially one or two to, to uh, Graham's when as well. We even saw Messi transferred this season. I'm a team manscaped thanks to lawnmower 4.0. The New technology has upgraded my midfield and make sure my pubes aren't messy anymore. Well, many nice midfield. I want to up there. Uh, their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, multi fun- function function on and off switch to engage a travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Oh, did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? Brilliant. Rain or shine. The mates at Manscaped have you covered. Speaking of covered, do you have nose or ear hair? That's fu- I always find that very hard to say. Nose or ear hair. Mine are the worst. That's, that's a lie. Mine are grand. My, I actually give mine away to my father and he uses it the whole time. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, the Farmers package 4 also includes the weed whacker to chop your worst weeds uh, up to your nose and ears. Uh, it's also waterproof and the proprietary skin safe technology, which helps prevent nick snags, tugs, and other stuff as well. Uh, I got the word proprietary uh, right. I'm absolutely delighted. Uh, then you can't forget Manscape's liquid formulations, which I use all the time, brilliant. The Crop Preserver and Reviver Ball Toner, which are just brilliant. They're, they're basically like deodorant for the, the balls. Uh, so they're absolutely fantastic. And the two free gifts as well the boxers and the travel bag. So that's it. Get 20% off free shipping with the code severemma at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code severemma at manscaped.com. Get some overgrown, uh, kick some overgrown pubes, hairs, and grass this season with manscaped. Right, Graham, uh, let's get straight into it. Sure. Uh, a big night. Look, it was like a, it was like a UK MMA kind of uh, UFC fight night tonight. With you know, obviously Paddy Pimblers, Jack Shore, Molly McCann, uh, Maristas Tom Aspinall, Darren Till. and well, um, only,
1: Darren Till wasn't really on any of those cards, so Darren Till was kind of the outlier. <laughs>
0: yeah, he, he was a little bit. I suppose, actually, yeah, but um, it was you know it was a good card. I thought uh, overall it was a good one to be on early, and do you know what as well, I think the international weekend really probably benefited it. I know we don't really get the BT Sports numbers or anything like that ever, but um. The fact that there was no Liverpool and Man United games or anything this evening, there was no uh, England weren't playing tonight. I don't think. I think Ireland had a game against Azerbaijan or something, but that was over by the time yeah. the mid came on. So, um, great
1: point. Great point.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate that. So, yeah, Graeme. No, no,
1: the, the Arlen point. The Arden grape- point. <laughs> <laughs> Not your verbal diary. I thought
0: I was getting a compliment there, but no, no, no. Yeah, uh, I didn't actually see any of it. I didn't even realise we were playing until the game was on, but anyway.
1: It's like that head. We're just talking about a jar, Really? Yeah. No!
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> Legend. Father Dick Bourne. What a man. What a man. But, uh, yeah, so it was, it was a good time for this cards to be on. Um, it also, th- ju- just to complain here for a second, but, like, the UFC, but, on lots of really late cards. Six fight, 3am main events. And this really shows that they don't need to do that. You know, okay, fair enough for a, um, a pay-per-view card or, you know, a big ESPN card. But when they regularly do this and they you know, previously Fight Pass or ESPN Plus cards. Now they really don't need to do it that late. So uh, earlier cards, please, that would be absolutely fantastic.
1: we'll, We'll see what the numbers are. Like if the numbers are the same or better, maybe they consider making them a little bit earlier. But it probably depends on a lot of things, like what sport is going on in America at the time and around the world. You don't want to clash with like Premier League games or NFL games or even big college football games. And there's all sorts of different sports that are, going on in america so probably a lot of considerations going on for for that
0: i just do it like pfl and just like wait an hour if there's something on and <laughs> just come back it'll be, it'd be grand it'll be fine but yeah like I, I feel like the the fact that they are online now and people will you know go forward to go back and watch what they, they want at whatever time they want i feel like it's not as much of a stress as it once was you know things clashing so i, don't know, I think they can do it as as early or late as any, but anyway, but well, let's uh, maybe we'll talk more about that later on. But I am going to start with Paddy Pimblett because, you know, we've we've talked about Paddy for years, obviously, on this podcast, and the lads over the, over in England have uh, have interviewed him. And I he, I think he fought once in Ireland as well at Cage Wires and um, you know, we've. Talked about him for a long time, and, ta- and and you know what? Tonight was really an encapsulation of everything Paddy Pimble. You know, he had the the fun and the the hilariousness of the interview and the walk to the cage and the walk back from the cage. Especially, we had. The, his devastating ability in the finish and we also had his flaws that you know could be seen for the world to see so really in like the, the, the 18 minutes or whatever it was that Paddy Pimblet was out there we saw everything of him and everything from him the one new thing that I was really really impressed with was Paddy Pimlet was his physical state he looked in ridiculous shape like he had muscles on top of muscles just looking at his back and the muscles coming out of him i thought it was it was absolutely ridiculous so that's you know we talked about it in the last couple of weeks would paddy take yeah, it serious looks but, like he did didn't he
1: it looks like he wasn't in Ibiza after all for, yeah. the, for the last 3 years <laughs> no uh,
0: no um, for this time wasn't yeah but he looked in phenomenal chef didn't he
1: yeah, yeah, in fairness to him, you know, he's definitely had some problems in the past with, like, uh, kind of keeping his eye on the ball, but, uh, you know, he's waited a long time to get into the UFC. It's been, what, four, about four years since he was was first Cage Warriors champion when he was 21, and yeah, there was a lot of talking going to the UFC then, but I think this seems to be a better time uh, for him to arrive, and it's good that they gave him, like, a decent matchup. you know. They didn't throw him in there against the... Uh, in a shark pit, like they have done in the past with some uh, some UK and Irish prospects, so uh, you know they obviously see that Paddy has a bit to him in terms of uh, his personality and his uh, he's a bit funny and cheeky and he has a bit of a backing already and he has uh, dedicated fans and they've seen what he can do in you know Liverpool in terms of selling out the Echo Arena and stuff like that. So obviously the UFC obviously needs stars and they need people who can who can do they can put on. Uh, they can put on uh, these UK, these European cards. And then as obviously these American cards as well, as you build them up. So, you know, obviously Paddy's, uh, Paddy's like high level fighting ability is yet to be seen. Can he do it in the UFC against top level guys? Like, I think he's got like, you know, work to do, Uh, obviously getting cracked early and recovering from it is great to see, overcome adversity and all that. But it does show his flaws as we've, as we've known them uh, in the past, as you kind of, as you mentioned earlier. So obviously like, you know, he got a finish by striking and the striking probably looked offensively better than it's ever looked. But 100%. still, still that the defensive striking is still a problem. But, you know, he's that kind of guy who, you know, as he says, or as he allegedly said, even though BT didn't let us hear it, uh, those fucking just don't get knocked out. Yeah. So he kind of has that attitude. So, you know, maybe until he gets knocked out, he will have that attitude of just pushing forward, and maybe it'll take a uh, it'll take a knockout or a, a TKO for him to kind of, you know, uh, maybe not be as reckless with his uh, with his uh, striking as he is.
0: Yeah, the Scousers don't get knocked out unless it's like you know the League Cup, FA Cup, or Champions League. there, they're always getting <laughs> always getting knocked out. But anyway, I uh, I leave, leave that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, Come here to me well, We don't get knocked out as much as you lads, anyway well. <laughs> ah,
0: No, go on No, leave me alone I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in a delicate position You got position
1: knocked out of the Champions League and the Europa League last year That was, that was some, yeah. some achievement
0: oh, We didn't get knocked out of the Europa League in fairness We got right to the very last second of the Europa yeah, League Yeah, you got knocked
1: there. out at the last hurdle yeah.
0: No, yeah. we didn't though, we were there We were in the very last second of the Europa League So we didn't get knocked out at all And Liverpool got knocked out of every competition last year basically So anyway we leave it at... <laughs> Do you know what, I, I had like uh, something I don't really feel after fight thesis, because we're you know when we're watching Fight's thesis, I'm looking at it from a very kind of, uh, analytical point of view whether it's talking about the the analysis of the fight or the analysis of the judging or whatever it might be but my, I like an over overwhelming sense of. I can't wait for Paddy Pimblett's next rodeo kind of at the end of this one you know, I was kind of glad it was it was rolling on so we could have a bit more fun with it and not to say even well, if who he... do
1: you think it will be next? Well, like Who would you like to see him fight next and who do you so, think it will be next? I-,
0: I would like to see someone very similar to this matchup like someone we've probably never heard of uh, who is not that good to be honest, because you you hit the nail in the head there, I was going to say exactly what you said I thought he looked way better offensively and still had big issues defensively, but that's an improvement for Paddy Pimlet, you know, people might think and they mightn't have seen Paddy in, and talked about his game or analysed his game over the years, but we really have um, and we've seen, you know, Paddy's flaws, obviously brilliant in his area, on the ground and a, a brilliant finisher, not well, you know, he's a, a finisher is the word, you know, finisher. maybe maybe if he was like a technical jiu-jitsu matchup against other people, he mightn't win those but if it was a finishing matchup, Paddy is going to be right there at the top of all of uh, all of those sort of competitions, but I, I think, look, we spoke last week, and I spoke on the Q&A as well, a few people asked, and uh, it was about whether Paddy can put, what he has done in the last few years, because he has, you know, it's been a tough few years for Paddy Pimden if you look at his career um, over, over the last while he fought, in uh, he fought against uh, Davide Martinez in the last Cage Warriors, the Cage Warriors 1 2 2. Um, that was in uh, at the start of this year, and then he's f- fought at the start of 2020 against Decky Dalton. And those two fights went about four minutes, all in all. And before that, it was all the way back against Sodden back back in 2018, and that was you know, that that loss over uh, was it over five rounds? I think it was so. You went, like, three years with only four minutes inside the cage until tonight. That's a long time of, you know, and he, he was, obviously, he was supposed to fight Donovan Desme. I'm just looking here. Georgie and Eddie on short notice. Remember that? And Desme again. There was lots of fights in there. Lots of fights cancelled. Um. So, but we what I talked about last week was, what has Paddy done in those few, three to four years in terms of improving his striking and that, you know, when he fought Sodden back and when he fought Adnan Naramani and even Rosa further back, that was the one thing that kind of always stood out. And I think what he showed tonight is that he has definitely made improvements. Now, those improvements need to continue, you know, and they need to continue over the next year to two years. And they need to continue with Paddy to fighting inside the cage. What he had missed over the last three years was that time inside the cage, okay, he had he had the two fights, uh, and they were still a year apart, you know, <laughs> and two two minutes, 51 seconds, one minute, 37 seconds, not really much there at all, so if Paddy could get, another fight maybe, for the end of the year, one early next year as well, maybe get a full 15 minutes in there, and, and you know, uh, get a, another finish, or something like that, and even if he was to take a loss, I, I think it'd benefit him, and like he really needs, those improvements to continue, and the time inside the cage, to continue, because, Paddy, you no. Know? If he continues the way he is, if he fights the way he fought tonight, he lose very shortly because the the level of the Indy the UFC will improve. And he, look, he, he'll win fights because of his, you know, he has power. You could see his hands, he's more power in his hands than he's ever had. And he's brilliant ability to finish on the ground. But he'll also lose because of, you know, Carmion and uh, and Bisping kept saying, you know, his head is right up in the air. He's getting hit every time. And that's, you know, you it doesn't take a genius to, to see that. And you can see it every time Paddy has fought. But... I, I would put that a bit down to you know the the lack of trying out those new things inside the cage and I think he really needs that time um but look I said I said it last week in the podcast and I said it in the Q&A and all I I don't think Paddy Pim that's going to be a UFC champion you know I don't think he's going to be this uh, ranked fighter in the UFC for years and years and years unless he makes huge improvements and uh it, 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 there's definitely a start to it, 100%. You, if you can't see it from tonight, or haven't watched these old fights, you're you're a bit blind, but there's also, you're a bit blind if you don't see the issues. Do, do you think, do you think he has that ability to make those big improvements and to make enough improvements to get the, you know, to, to where he is going into UFC fights and you're not kind of thinking, oh, he's going to get, you know, clipped there or he has to win in a certain way, or do you think he'll always have that kind of vulnerability to him
1: oh, well he's like you know he's been around a long time and we've kind of watched his career for a long time and he, it's easy to forget how young he is you know he's still very young and he's obviously still improving as we saw there but you know I think the the way he the attitude he goes about fighting would have to change for yeah, uh, he does have a bit of reckless abandon about him it's like uh, uh, um maybe a thing, as I mentioned earlier, maybe a thing that might have to be, you know, might, might have to be a knockout that kind of stops that. But, you know, uh, Paddy Pimblett's obviously known for his ground game. He's, he's, you know, been criticized for his striking a lot over the years. And he obviously, you know, kind of took that to heart. He didn't, he didn't like that criticism. And uh, although it's a fair criticism, these these fighters are sensitive. And he's obviously improved on that and he'll he'll know himself deep down what he needs to do you know his coaches will be telling him what to do he'll know what he needs to do he'll he'll go back and re-watch that fight and he'll hear the commentator saying I'm sure everybody around him is is saying that to him so you know I think I think he will continue to improve like as you said I don't think he'll be a UFC champion but I do think that he can be a ranked fighter for like years? I think he can he can get to that level, but I don't think he'll ever end up as like a upper echelon fighter or a, a champion unless you know we've seen big turnarounds before. But uh, unless there's like a serious serious improvements fight to fight, and yeah. you know uh, uh, it's possible, but uh, I don't think it's likely. What he he also has now, I
0: suppose, and it's tough to know because Paddy seemed to, you know, I think he signed a pretty good contract with Cage Warriors the last time he signed with him, but he will have, you know, maybe a bit more money now with with the UFC and even maybe with Cage Warriors and we've seen the way his body has transformed over the last while. Maybe, and with the pandemic ending as well, well, in, you know, a pandemic cooling down, I suppose, he might be able to travel a bit more and train in other places and improve. I know he was down in in Leeds, uh, it was probably a while back now, and there's a really good Mai Tai gym down there, and he was down there improving as well. So, like, all of those things, like, I think Paddy Pimbit is one of those guys. Like, some some people get to the UFC, or you see some people, like, someone like uh, uh, Norbert Navigny is someone who always sounds out to me, or McGregor, when he got to the UFC. Like it's it's almost as if they're ready, and all they need is like a little bit uh, to add to it, or a little bit of experience, or just proving it against maybe someone else. Say like McGregor proving it against Brandow first, or Um Brimage first in Brandow in a Holloway. You know, they they just need that bit of proof. Whereas Pimblett, I I think he needs. Uh, to, I, I think he needs the slow road, really. I think he really does. Now, I've said for a while, I think Bellator would have been maybe even better for Paddy Pimden, because they probably would have given him, like, six to seven fights against very beatable opponents, built him up, and by that time, I think Paddy, you know, th- that's the sort of thing he needs, really. He, you know he, he needs time to improve. As you said, he's still very, very young, and he's been around for a long time, so he's not that young in the game, but I think he's one of those lads who hopefully will be improving slowly and he seems to be improving slowly from the uh the good base he had i suppose uh, uh with the, with the danger but it's it might not happen you know um, it might e- never happen
1: even even if it never happens do you, let's say for a hypothetical uh, for a hypothetical patty never becomes a upper echelon fighter can he still be a big star in the ufc without being uh upper echelon fighter do you think or uh, do you think once you suffer the losses then people just Lose interest in your in your kind of stick.
0: It depends. Well, yeah, that could happen. If he suffers a lot, not that it's a
1: stick, but it's no, no, like yeah, his, 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 his personality. Character. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, I, it's difficult, really, isn't it? I, I think um with today's UFC matchmaking, it's going to be a lot harder. You know, I think that is possible. Um, but I don't know. You know, this matchmaking was very good, and I said that before the fight. I'm not just saying it after the fight. I said that before the fight as well. Um. Give him someone like this again for the next couple of fights. Give him a matchup like this, or may- maybe if they're putting him up a little bit, you know, fighting someone a little bit tougher. Maybe have that in Liverpool, <laughs> so you know he has some behind him to uh to bring him on a bit. But uh, I think look, do UFC have a star here? There's no doubt about it. Whatever you think about Paddy Pimblett, if you hate him or love him, or if you whatever you think of his ability inside the cage, and I love a bit of Paddy Pimlet, to be honest, even though he's a big Liverpool fan, I think he's I think he's fucking hilarious, and he you know he's even shit talked me in the past before. It was fantastic, but so but I don't I don't mind at all. But he the UFC people like this do not emerge that often for the UFC, so they need to protect him. They need to do the right things at the right time in the right place, like. And they, do you know what they need to do as well? They need to protect Paddy from himself. Because uh, Paddy would be wanting to go in there and he'll want to fight fucking Dustin Poirier tomorrow. Like, you know, Paddy is, he and he would. You know, he'd take that fight. So th- I think they have to be careful with him. They have to, um, you know, t- get him to where he needs to be. Get Paddy Pimblatt fighting the best fighters when we have the best, best version of Paddy Pimblatt. And it, I'm very, very interested to see. the Biggest thing for Paddy... If he can stay fit over the next year, if he can do that and get two or three fights in, win or lose, I think it's a huge year for Paddy Pimlet. And talk to us again this time next year, and we'll see where he is. See if he's made those improvements. See if he's reaching that next level. And you know, I'd probably say the same thing about someone like a James Gallagher. You know, he's fighting patchy mix now, so maybe it's it's maybe he's a little bit a year ahead of of Paddy Pimblett. But there's there's lots of fighters like that where we see. How good they are! Like Paddy and James, very similar, very very good on the ground. Have shown big issues on the feet before. Both have kind of mixed things up. Obviously, James gone to America and training there we're looking to see him fight in meets. Has his striking improved? Will it continue to improve? How is he going to look over the next one to two years? It's That's the joy of it as well. You know, that's the joy of seeing these fighters. And i was actually talking about it, maybe we'll talk a little bit about it uh, after we go through the rest of this car. but I just kind of look forward to the Cage Warriors and some of the Bellator cards more than these UFC car, uh, fi- cards because... You know, it's a lot of the... the, And this one is uh, obviously an exception to that. But there's a lot of, you know, the contender series guys who we haven't seen built up outside of the UFC and get to the UFC and see if they can reach that level. Whereas we see someone like a Pimblet who we've seen built up and built up and built up. And now he's at that level. Can he reach it? Can he continue? Someone like Gallagher, you know, who's been built up inside Bellator, I know. And, you know, he's had, whatever, 10 fights. And now he's getting to that next level where he's fighting someone like Apache Mix. That's the joy, I think, of seeing the rise of fighters to get to a certain level and i think it's a big issue with the ufcds as someone was saying to me the other day they love watching all these fights over and over and over and i i'm yeah it's it's great to have fights all the time and i'm sure people absolutely love it but the if you're signing lads to the ufc at, you know at four and off five and off six and off, and they're not getting that valuable experience outside of the ufc are you know in Bellator, it's a little bit different because they have kind of a, a the European series and they have ways of of building lads but the UFC is a different kettle of fish and I'm very interested to see how it works out over over the next while but that's maybe a different discussion for uh, a later on this podcast or maybe in a different day but um yeah I'm looking I'm really looking forward to see the uh the uh the movements of Paddy patty square and yeah. go on have
1: you uh, an exciting an, ex, an exciting debut with yeah. you know a good comeback it looked like you know that shot was a big shot you know a lot of guys would have went down from that shot and um he ended up obviously getting the, the finish in the first round uh as he'd kind of promised in uh in pre-fight so you know uh you can't take much away from him. He he went in there and he he put on a good fight. And uh, the other guy was game, you know. Uh, I didn't know much about him about him going in, but uh, you know, there's, there's there's no easy matchups in the UFC really. But you know, this is kind of as easy as it gets. And. You know, you can only you can only beat what's in front of you, and he mm-hmm. he overcome a b- bit of adversity, which is always good to see. And obviously, there's going to be UFC jitters that hopefully he's he's got over now. He's he's fought in front of big crowds before, and uh, his next fight will probably be in front of another big crowd, and yeah. they probably be uh you know something that he kind of feeds into, and uh you know it's it's just as you said, it's just uh, interesting to see the progression and to to watch uh these guys and coming from cage warriors and shows like that and into the UFC but Paddy Pimblett just because of his personality and the the fan base behind him just has a little bit extra to it
0: yeah and that that head kick earlier that was brilliant and the right hand to finish him off absolutely uh, absolutely lovely stuff so the, the offensive work of Paddy Pimblett, brilliant uh, you know, to to just transition us, I suppose, to, to the main event. You know, we've we've talked there about Paddy and uh the the progression and the improvement of fighters from where maybe they get into the UFC to where they are. You know, after a few years, and if you look at Darren Till, has he has he made enough improvements? Has he changed enough? Has he gotten good enough to be a top contender at the UFC? After tonight, after watching that, you'd probably have to say no, you know. But I put it up during the week, and I think people were shocked. Darren Till has only six wins in the UFC. That's that's kind of it's kind of mad when you think about it. We think about someone as like a contender, and he seems to have been a contender for years at two different How weight classes. Times? So he said, so Brunson one, Whitaker two, Gaslam three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Eleven fights in the UFC now and six wins, so six six and five, for someone who is like, as I said, a contender at two weight classes since you know the the Wonderboy fight fighting three almost four years ago now. At this stage, that's um, it's it's kind of amazing the way he's he's kind of got him to himself to that position. It's a, it is a little bit mad, you know. He's only one win. At middleweight in the UFC against Kelvin Gastelum back in 2019, you know there were talks if he won tonight he'd be getting the the title shot. So I feel like Darren Till is one of those lads who has maybe talked himself into people thinking. He's a way better fighter than he actually is. Now he's a very good win over Cerrone, a very good win over uh, Wonderboy in a close fight. It doesn't matter if he won or not.
1: <laughs> over Wonderboy. Yeah, but yeah. a good
0: performance. Whether you think he won or not yeah. to, to fight Wonderboy yeah. in his prime back then, and a good win over Gaslam. You know who's hot and cold as well, but uh,
1: yeah,
0: it's still uh, you have to be harsh when you're talking about the very top operation. Nearly nearly his, or... nearly
1: his best performance was the loss to Whittaker. Yeah, you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. But, uh, like, tonight, I, I think, Sean, sure, we, we, when you watch that fight, and I remember I always talk about Derek Brunson versus Israel Adesanya, and... Israel changing his game. Who was it? Was it Mike Wilkinson? I think he fought where he got taken down a couple of times, and then he changed his game to fight against Derek Brunson. Where and I talk about every time I do the rewatch, the overhook on one side and the wrist control with the hand, usually the left hand, on the other side to stop Derek Brunson against the cage. He worked every single time for. Asanya against Brunson. And Till didn't do it once tonight. You know, he was getting the underhook a couple of times and he stopped getting off the cage a couple of times, absolutely. But to get that overhook on one side and the wrist control on the other side, he like, that is the takedown defence that works against derrick Brunson. It's the takedown defence that works against most people. You know, it's the best method of takedown defence. And... You know, okay, if you get taken down with a double leg in the middle of the cages, it's different, obviously, and he did in the first round. But there was three or four different times when he was against the cage, and Brunson was kind of going in and out, and, and even controlling him there for a while. And it's not only that Till, you know, was not getting out of the position; he was also getting a little bit of air sucked out of him every single time. It was just like Brunson had the better tactics, and he had like the, the, just the a yeah. better all around game, I thought, than Till.
1: And it seemed like Brunson was able to posture up and just throw strikes and there was no kind of, there was no chance of Till trying to sneak in butterfly guards or create space and get back up. He was just kind of, I don't know, just kind of laying there. Um, you know, they were talking about oh, Brunson. The commentators were talking about how Brunson's ground and pound is so much improved. But I thought it was just, you know, you you usually don't see guys be able to posture up that long and, and throw strikes without without like being pushed away or without some kind of knee or butterfly guard coming in between. So I don't know. Uh, I thought Darren Till got kind of tired quickly on his back. Um. I don't know if like maybe you know he's cutting a lot of weight or something or there's an injury going in there or he just wasn't in the shape that he usually in but I think he he, he lost his cardio kind of quicker than he usually does maybe that was due to the style of the fight obviously he's he's a he's a Muay Thai striker and he's on his back but you know he, he wasn't as if he was exploding a lot of his back trying to trying to get up I I, I think maybe I don't know we might hear something afterwards but Brunson himself said in the post fight interview that he had a bunch of injuries throughout the whole camp, so that's that's, that's the game, that's the MMA game. Yeah,
0: you obviously like it's. It's worrying. Like, say someone like a McGregor, who people would, you know, would, would class in a till, you know, good strike or maybe not the best in the ground. You see, when he gets taken down by Paria, especially in the first fight, he immediately, you know, it might, might be in the middle of the cage, he immediately squirts to the side of the cage. Squirts, that's a weird word to use. But squirms, I suppose is the word I'm using, to the, to the cage. Wall walks and tries to get back up or get into a clinch or even, you know, just give himself a bit of space. Give himself that cage to use. At no point tonight, almost, was till... Uh, able to do that it was just it it was like you know i always talk about jiu-jitsu at at this level and uh because everyone kind of has the skill set now it's not as easily used and you know the same goes for like most parts of mma to be honest unless you are a like a fucking world-class striker or something like that and you you get 15 minutes standing with someone you're just gonna fucking destroy them and and they're not that good you know it's fair, it's rare we see that at especially at this level, where it's two guys ranked what probably both in the top ten or eleven, whatever it might be. But tonight it just looked like it, it, I, I, you know, wrestling jujitsu on the ground. Derek Brunson was just bashing Darren Till up, and the end as well. I suppose I, I thought that like Till came out in the third round. And, okay, so the first round, was Till was pushing forward. I thought he'd actually a good game plan to push him forward and kind of stop those takedowns. The only issue with that is Brunson is happy to, like, put his head down and throw that big overhand left. And when he did it, he hit Till once. And Till was like, oh, Jesus, you know, let, let's maybe take a slight step back here. And when he did that, Brunson was just, you know, he just saw that takedown. He took him down. And he'd, I thought he'd huge damage for maybe a, Two minute portion of that first round. I gave it to him as a 10 8. He just bossed the Till open. The second round was close on defeat because Till was a little bit wary. Got the takedown again, you know, what, three minutes ish on top and a 10 9 round to Derek Brunson. And then in the third, you know, looking at that, when Till came out and you could see he was kind of landing that straight. Look, <laughs> we're talking a lot about Till, I suppose, because we're, uh, you know, he's from this side of the, the, the world, but we'll talk about Derek Brunson as well. But I thought Derek. You know, for being overcritical, Derek got hit by a, as you mentioned, Graham, a tired darn till. He got hit probably three or four times, um, which you'd be a little bit worried about if you're a Derek Brunson fan and he's going into fight. Someone say, like, maybe a Whitaker or, or an Adesanya. Um, but the point I was making there is, like, the second Brunson turned around and got the fight to the ground, when it ended up in the mount... It was over. Like Darren Till just, it was a complete, you know, you said, I don't know if you, were the, you used the word panic, but it was like a tired panic. It was like as if Darren Till had never been in that position before in that sort of area. And look, we see that happening an awful lot uh, in, to an awful lot of different fighters. But if you're talking about yourself as the best in the world, as fighting Israel Adesanya, that's just not good enough. You know, that's just not good enough. Those improvements that Darren Till was supposed to have made over the last few years, I just don't think they're there. You know, I just don't think he is at that level. <laughs> you know, people well, ask yeah, me... Like, yeah. Let's
1: be honest about it. Like, he got ran over by Derek Brunson, and Derek Brunson isn't an upper echelon fighter. Like, he's kind of, like, the gatekeeper to the to the the top-ranked guys. Like, he's, he's a bit inconsistent. He's a good fighter, but he's, you know, he's not going to trouble... Adesanya at all. And you know, for Darren Taylor, he really has to go back to the drawing board here. This is a really, really bad loss for him. And, you know, if he had a loss of close decision or something, okay, but he got demolished here.
0: He really did. I, I would take a little bit of exception to that look, I, I think if I was is there a Desanian fight Brunson next year? Absolutely, I pick Brun, uh, Adesanya, Sorry, but I think Brunson has hugely improved. I know we talked about Sanford MMA last year with Ian our Gar- last week. Sorry, with Ian Gary gone there and everything, he's gone there, Derek Brunson, and I think he looks a completely different fighter. Like Derek Brunson tonight when he saw Darren Till coming coming for him coming forward, uh, Derek Brunson of two years ago would have just went fire for fire with Darren Till, and maybe he would have got a knockout, or maybe he would have got knocked out himself. But tonight he went for that those smart takedowns. He postured up at the right time. He landed the shot at the right time. You know, okay, he didn't look perfect in all areas, but I thought it was as a smart display as you'll ever see from Derek Brunson. And... Um, I, I do th- like this middleweight division is terrible. Let's be honest here. It's it's a terrible, terrible middleweight division. And I do think he is upper echelon, you know? And upper echelon in this division mightn't be the quality of upper echelon in another division, but he is a top five ish fighter in this division and that's that to me is upper echelon. So I, I would I would uh I would definitely fight Derek Brunson's side in that because he has I think he's moved from a top from a, a 10 to 15 ranked fighter to like a 5 to 10 ranked fighter, maybe a little bit higher even. Uh, and that's all credit, I think, to the improvements he's made and, and the new gym he's in. So I would give huge credit to Terry Brunson for that. But, uh, yeah, look, like, I I thought, I thought his head are obviously very good and I thought his ground and pound was very good in the finish. Obviously, he took it really, really well. And I like the way he put on the pressure at the right time at the end as well. You know, when... Uh, he, the mount was there and he took it you know there was a lot of a lot of motion I suppose going on there when the fight went to the ground and he easily could have maybe slipped off or gone into like a side control position or uh, you know Till all, was almost out at one stage but he was a little bit calmer than Till and a little bit more controlled and he took that mount and uh, when Till gave up the back you know it was kind of all over and there was, there was it, it was one of those ones where it was all panic from Till and no panic from Brunson and I think that was uh, that was the win and losing of it in the end but um, I suppose look onwards and upwards for Brunson he says he's sitting out and waiting for the winner of uh, Whitaker versus Adesanya as he should I think that's the right decision Wh- what next what next for Till like as we say he's last what four of his last five fights Do you look the UFC are invested in him I don't think they'll be cutting him or anything like that um, uh, if you are the UFC would you would you still be in the Darren Till business or would you would you like well, you yeah. part ways with him or what would you do
1: I think you give him somebody like a right haul Something like that, you it's know. Uh, even he, even a wideman if you if you want him, get him a win. Um, depends how invested the UFC are in him. Really, uh, I think they probably they seem to be, uh, you know, giving him maybe as you mentioned, better fights than he really deserves or higher profile fights than he really deserves. Uh, recently, so uh, yeah, I think maybe. Uh,
0: in versus uh, Edmund Shabazzian, I think it'd be a good fight. I, li- I like that fight. But yeah, I think the Uriah yeah, it's, Hall it's fight... It's a riskier really
1: one. Yeah. It's a riskier one, though. I think the Uriah Hall mm-hmm. one's a nice one for him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's not going to try and take him down. It's kind of what downhill wants. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I don't think he can go down as low as like a Brad Tavares or a Kevin Holland.
0: Uh, I don't know. I think you probably can. I think him versus yeah. Holland will be a good fight as well because Holland is a crap takedown the fence as well. And, you know. But sorry, I go. But he, I, I feel like him versus Hall is a perfect fight because say say whatever you want about Till, but he will go forward and he will try to throw strikes. And if he does that against Uriah Hall, well, Uriah Hall will be forced to throw a few strikes as well. So, you know, I think that'd be a fun fight. I, 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 a few people have suggested that. I think that'd, in the that'd be a big,
1: so. um, big enough fight for like a uh, UFC Liverpool or UFC yeah. London or any kind of UK. Uh, UFC card
0: mm-hmm, 100%. So I think, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Let's uh, let's do that. So, yeah, look, uh, a good main event and um. A fun fight over, over three rounds that uh Derek Brunson definitely deserved to win. And you know, for Derek Brunson I suppose it was it was it was an easy enough fight to get to a title shot. So I'm sure he's happy with that matchmaking. But uh yeah. Um let's run quickly through some of the other fights and we we'll, there's a few specific fights obviously we want to talk about. Uh Marc Andre Barrio got the unanimous decision over Dalsha Langiambula. Uh, in a very very fun fight, I I wouldn't be surprised if that got fighted night Maybe um, although there's a couple of others as well up there, but that was very very fun. Uh, Julian Ross, I got a beautiful dash choke over Charles Jordan, uh in a, in a relatively close fight. Every time Juicy J fights, it seems to be a fun one. Maybe Juicy J versus uh, Petty Pimblet is the fight to make again the the rematch. I know Juicy J is down at one forty five at the moment, but he fought at one fifty here, so you know maybe. Would you like to see that rematch?
1: Um, like I wouldn't mind seeing it, but I'm. Not, I've not uh It's not one I've been. I've been gagged for or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think. Uh, you know, Rose had a very good performance. Uh, in the first round, and then the second round, I think it looked like it swung the other way, but obviously he ended up getting the getting the finish in the end. So, uh, he locked it on quickly. So, he, like you know, he's got a lot of finishes in his career. He's a dangerous guy, and you know maybe uh. He came in underestimated against Paddy Pimblett, but people people know about him now. And you know he's he's maybe not the most you know uh, fluid fluid guy, but he, he I think I think you know <sighs> Paddy looks to have advanced more than than Arosa has, even though you know Arosa had a. Really nice finish, and has been in the UFC, UFC longer than than uh, Pimblet at this age. Uh, his current run, in, this current run, uh, he's having in the UFC. So yeah, like I'm not too like I'm not I'm not too bothered to see that again. Yeah. It wasn't exactly the most exciting fight the first time. <gasps> it was it was just a kind of the controversy around it or the yeah. the talk about it. It wasn't it wasn't like you know a barn burner that we need to run back. Like I don't think people were screaming for another round. Mm-hmm. Six six
0: Diego Sanchez probably was a sixth round Yeah. Uh I, I wouldn't mind it. I, th- I I actually think Garros has improved more than Pimblet over the while. I think he's I think is a very, very good fighter now and a very exciting. like he's underrated, one of the most exciting fighters in the UFC. Genuinely. Like all his fights are fucking madness. And there's always like big finishes and things, so I'm a big fan of uh I'm a big fan of Julian Rosa. But anyway, um Jack Shore moved to fifteen and all. Like this guy I, I I actually thought it wasn't Jack Shore's best performance but that's been very, very tough on him. I think from the first couple of rounds, he's just his takedowns are so well timed. It's just absolutely brilliant. And he almost got the choke a couple of times in the in the first round, I think it was. Um and look, yeah. his his opponent. I thought,
1: I thought he was very close to getting that uh the head and arm choke that he kind of gave up too on. I thought it was like literally like a couple of seconds and a couple of seconds more, and I think the guy was kinda the the muscles or the the veins in his face were becoming more visible I think maybe if he had to just squeeze a few more seconds he might have got to finish there but Obviously, we'll never know. And he doesn't want to burn his arms out. And he, you know, he's on his way cruising to a to a victory. So it probably was the smart move to just. Uh, it was one of those you know.
0: ones where if he could see it from overhead, I think he probably would have held it on because Ludovic was like pulling on his arm, trying to get a little bit, you know, of of, uh, of air in there. And obviously, Jack Shore facing completely the other way couldn't really see that, um, <laughs> and then kind of gave it up. But I think he was too close to the cage. I think he realized like. I need that space, you know, when they get the, the head and arm truck like that and they, they go around the clock and they move around and they cinch it up and up and up. But I think it might have been just... I think you might be right, but yeah, it's it was an unfortunate one, really. But it didn't matter in the end. You know, he went on and that the third round, I think, was the closest of them all. But, you know, Jack Shore, was, it was a pretty easy one for him
1: against... How, how far do you think he can go, Jack Shore?
0: Oh, I, I think he needs to... The one thing I would improve with Jack Shore is... The speed, maybe, of his combinations. I, mean, I don't know if he'll ever be like a power puncher or anything like that. Like at the at the highest level, he, you know, if he goes in there against other guys, maybe at the, at the lower level of the one thirty five division, absolutely. And I think he probably will get a few knockouts. But I think if he becomes a better combination puncher. And and kicker and all around striker to set up his takedowns a little bit more, but also to you know challenge people very you know uh, dangerously on the feet. He's going to be a really really hard guy to beat because those takedowns and that ground game is so good that if it's all there together, he will be so dangerous. So like the difference between someone like a Jack Shore and say like a Paddy Pimblet is Jack Shore has all the tools he just needs to cinch him up a bit i feel like and if i feel like if he keeps improving, and you know, they always say they're getting their 1% better every day. If he does that for the next two years, Jack Shore might be the best 135-er in the world. Like, I think he's that good, but it's not always that easy. You know, it doesn't, doesn't always happen like that. I thought about uh, the same with Magomed Sharabov, and I thought the same about other people, and it doesn't happen. You know, you look at, say, someone like Habib, or you look at Noosman, and you think the same, and then it does happen with them. So it doesn't always happen, you know, by any means. Um... But Jack Shore has the tools. Like that jab, I thought was lovely tonight. Uh, maybe his cardio might be a little bit of an issue as well. Although out in Vegas in that heat at this time of the year, as well, I'm sure it's not easy for someone Welsh. Uh, and you're looking at Molly and well. I know we we'll get to her. I'm not sure if she had a bit of sunburn or if she got uh, if she got a few belts early in the fight. But I was looking at her, I was like she's awful right. I was like, that's probably not a good and not a good thing to have got into a fight. But um. Yeah, I think it looked valuable experience for Jack Shore and he's had a good bit of experience I know now but um I think he's got how, how far do you think he can go do you do you think of him as highly as i do?
1: yeah it's hard to know like you know he's uh, i think if if he's given the kind of slow road uh, which he seems to have so far if he continue if he continues that, then I think you know he'll have time to develop and i do you think he's definitely not the finished article yet but although he is well rounded. But uh, you know, there's a lot of good guys in that division, and I think if you if you put him in too early, it could derail him. But you build him up slowly. You know, uh, I could see him being being a top top five guy in a few years. But I don't know about you know being at the title. It's 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 so hard a uh, title a title contender or a title holder. It's it's so hard to call. You know, he's he's. He's got a very good record, but you know he's still he's still young in the game when it comes to fighting. You know the the very top guys, and we still have a lot to to learn about him, and he still has a lot of a lot of room to grow and a lot of growing to do. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's very it's always very hard. As you mentioned, like we've we've talked about prospects, like you know another one that we you didn't mention, Tom Duke and Wall. Like you know, so much yeah. can happen. That all of a sudden, you're just you're just gone. So, <laughs> I'm kind of wary about kind of you know. Uh, saying oh this guy can go all the way when you know so many yeah. things can happen in this game
0: it's a, it's a tough game yeah it really like even someone say like a uh, Mason Jones he, he comes in he gets a really tough matchup and then there's a what was it a DQ or an all contest or something like that and he's the last one I was like oh well that could know, happen anyway look at what happened to John Jones it happened to the you know, the very best of Maldo was his own fault that one. But anyway. Uh, yeah, but
1: even like, uh, yeah, uh, Sharapov, as you mentioned, are, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, uh, loads of them over the years. Like people come in looking looking like they could be the, 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 next, the next big thing. And uh, some guys even, you know, come in and they kind of slowly build and then they just fall off a cliff. So, uh, you know, personal matters can happen. Injuries can happen a uh, number of things can happen. So, uh, you know, uh, people can get concussions while they're doing jiu-jitsu. What was it, yeah. TJ Grant, was yeah. it? Yeah, it's, You yeah. know, he's on the verge of a title shot against Anthony Pettis, a fight that, you know, at the time people would have thought, oh, Pettis is going to run through him. But in, in hindsight, you know, mm-hmm. the blueprint that, that that ended up being the kind of downfall of Pettis could easily, not easily, but could like was well within DJ Grant's wheelhouse to implement. So, mm-hmm. you know, everything can change so quickly. 100%. <laughs>
0: uh, what while we're talking about that as well, the the Modestas Khalil Kelly Roundtree fight. What do you think to the finish? Like a lot of people after that, yeah, they were saying it's
1: a nasty to what not up ban it. Yeah, what? No, don't ban it. I agree. I agree. Like, but. No, it's a, you can't ban strikes like we don't no. want to turn this into boxing where you're not the pro strikes like uh, uh, <laughs> oh god just don't ban it like but just uh yeah it's a, when that happens like that it obviously looks terrible but like you know when it, when somebody breaks a leg with a leg kick it looks terrible when somebody you know gets knocked out cold and gets brain damage it, it looks terrible so oh, you can't start like banning all these things yeah. There's no sport left, then. Yeah.
0: Like, you you spoke... To, wasn't it you that spoke to Owen Roddy that time? And he didn't... You can tell that story. Where he said he got a belt, and he was still feeling it, like, a year later. Remember that? And that.
1: Uh... Yeah, I think it was uh, the little video we did, um, kind of reviewing his career. And, uh, yeah, he said every time he, he took a punch, or even when he I, think he... I think he said every time he even hit a heavy bag, the pressure would, like, fucking, you know... You could feel it for, I think more than a year afterwards and I didn't know if he's ever going to get back to normal and then obviously after a while it went back to normal but you know that's that's scary shit like that's yeah. that's doing some serious damage that's 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 no laughing matter that's uh, 100%. you know it's, it's not real like uh studies into MMA concussion but you can look at the NFL whole uh, the whole NFL thing where they're like you know micro what do they call them micro concussions or yeah. micro what the camera uh, yeah, i don't know the yeah, exact yeah, terminology thing, or whatever yeah. but but I, I like then, i think
0: the, like the main point is that can happen you know and and uh, people maybe see it all the time they see like you know a uh, uh, luke shaw breaking his leg or you know rude van israel doing his acl or virgil van dyke doing his acl or you know we see it it's very regular you know and they're out for nine months or out for a year or whatever it might be and it's you know terrible obviously terrible you, there's guys getting punched in the head all the time in MMA, and like something like what happened to Owen Roddy can happen, or something like look at TJ Grant. He never fought again, you know. Or the um, uh, Chris. Oh, I can't think of his name. This uh, Team Alpha Male guy. The same thing happened to him. I'm pretty sure he got he got hit in the head, and he's never been able to fight again. Probably never will fight again. That
1: was it. Chris Holsworth. Chris Holsworth. Like yeah, or, yeah. That's yeah. it.
0: Like. It, MMA people and I, I, it, this is a very hard one to to talk about and a very very hard one because we always talk about safety and you know I do a lot about you know judging and officiating and refereeing and all and that's why sometimes I go mad at like Herb Dean when he lets it go on too far because sometimes we we haven't reconciled it with ourselves what these people are actually signing up for you know and these people are signing up to go in there and get bones broken. To get brain cells taken away, to tear ACLs, to tear meniscuses and MCLs and all that—that's what they're going in there signing up for, you know. And that—that's—that's that's the matter of fact of it. And if we cringe away at like an injury to a knee, we—we we should be cringing a lot more. I'll tell you that, you know. And I—I've no problem with that. If—if if, you know, you have no interest in watching MMA. You never wanted again to watch it again because there's too many injuries and it's too rough. Absolutely, that's something we all have to, you know, reckon ourselves with, and it's, it's something we probably can't reckon ourselves with, you know, and that's why we, sort of, um, you know, why we have so much respect in, uh, for these fighters and what they do, and you know, okay, it's a sport as well at the end of the day, and we have to, you know, if Darren Till doesn't fight well, he doesn't fight well, and we have to say it, or if someone does fight well, they do fight well, and we have to say it like that as well, but we... Behind it all, we must never forget what these people are going in there doing and they're putting it all on the fucking line and someone can end up like Melissa Spogoska and hopefully it isn't as serious as it looked, you know, but someone can get their fucking knee torn apart or someone is going to get knocked, fucking spark out.
1: Yeah. Or, well, well, luckily, we haven't know. seen it in the UFC, but we've seen in boxing over the years like people die in the rain, people die after from... Yeah, Injuries sustained in the in the ring, like like getting punched in the head repeatedly, is fucking you know anybody who thinks that's not a big deal is is just kidding themselves. Yeah, and
0: and not as big a deal, I suppose, the point we're making here as getting a bad knee injury. No, a bad knee injury is not nice, absolutely. But everything in MMA is not nice, you know. It, it really isn't. So I don't. I, I I look. I do understand why people think this is kind of nasty and it should be banned and everything like that because it's so obvious and it's so. You know, we. It's the most common injury. You know, and like Limerick, Peter Casey, the All Ireland final. He did his ACL. And he's probably out for, you know, six to six months to a year, which is horrendous. And I'm fucking, you know, a big obviously a big Limerick fan. It's awful. And you say with Van Dyke last year. We fucking hate it but MMA—that's a—it's re- a real possibility, you know. It's a real and so are many other things. And we are, you know if we don't reconcile that, and you know, it's the same for soccer player or hurler or whatever. You can go out there and get injured. It's—it's it's a real possibility when you go out there and do it, and more even obviously when it's an MMA fighter. But um, yeah. Look, look, and as well, it's—it's it's a good technique by Kelly Roundtree. He threw it a couple of times and he got it done. It's fucking nasty as shit, but it's effective. Yeah. You know? He
1: said something he saw uh, praying for that that uh, is uh, what's his name again, Modesta?
0: Yeah, Bukowskis. <laughs>
1: yeah he was uh he was heavy on the front foot and you know uh, something he he trained obviously he said he didn't throw with such force uh, in training to kind of take care of his training partners but you know in there it's it's you or him like yep. it's in the purest form like it's, mm-hmm. it's he's trying to hurt you he's trying to injure you he's trying to beat you and you're trying to beat him so any technique that's legal by the rules is like you know there's no, there's no blame, uh, for, for Khalil Roundry.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a good performance from him early too. He came out all guns a blazing. Nearly, I thought he was going to cut
1: himself out. Yeah, I uh, thought he, he did. So, yeah. he, he was <laughs> going so mad in the first round.
0: Yeah, it was bad, but uh, yeah, Bukowskis showed a good chin. He got his nose absolutely burst up. You know, Bukowskis could have fucking two or three. broken. yeah. He, broken he ran away well. Like he yeah. away well. Like
1: he circled away well. Like he survived like uh, he was probably thinking as well this guy this guy can't sustain this for yeah. for very long <laughs> if i just avoid this i should be okay but obviously he yeah. wasn't
0: yeah so a good look a good win for uh for kelly Ronchi and hope it's not as serious as it looked for uh for bakowskis um the, the comment uh, i think we... it's
1: a uh, torn uh, acl yeah, mcl pcl i looked know. everything
0: yeah, oh, I hope it's not, but yeah, it did look bad. Uh, we will get to the Molly McCann fight last, because I really want to concentrate on that, because I have a lot of things to say about that. But the co-main event, this was the weirdest placed co-main event in a lot. Long- Why was this fight here? I don't know, but uh, Alex Marona, good performance. You know, I think he's another guy who has improved an awful lot. I think he's... Uh, Training with Saif Sayoud now, if I'm not mistaken, in that gym, in um wherever it is, in Texas, I think. So a very, very good performance for him over three rounds, you know, and it's, um you know, Reese McKee obviously fought him as well, and a lot of people maybe didn't know him getting into that, but, you know, he's beating Kyle Wicerone and beating David Zavada as well, and we know how good David Zavada is. Um, So a very, very good performance for him, and Reese McKee, you know, it was announced, did we talk about it last week? We talked about it a couple of weeks about but he's fighting um uh, Alexis Manticivi, in his comeback in Cage Warriors, so we'll obviously talk a load more about that uh, in the next couple of weeks, and it's great to see, uh, it's great to see Reece back, but, uh, how do I get that, oh yeah, Alex Moran, a good performance on him, but Molly McCann, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll end the podcast maybe on this, because Molly McCann, is one of those fighters, you know, the, the best, she's from Liverpool, but she supports Everton, which is the, the plus straight away, I um, uh, And she's someone who got into the UFC, and I think she got into the UFC maybe four or five fights too early. They had that belt in cage wires, and she won it. And, you know, she still has only 15 fights. But she is someone who... she (laughs) Tonight was one of those ones where uh, Kim, watching her before the the fight and watching her during the fight, she's a very good technical fighter, big and tall and strong. Uh, You know, a similar sort of... A couple of fights less than, than Manny McCann, but... Uh, I think she's like a bad matchup for Molly McCann. And Molly was just like, fuck that. I refuse. I, she just. Molly McCann refused to lose that fight. She just came forward, fucking balls. Well, I can't say balls <laughs> I out. <refused> funny. <laughs> she did, though. She did. She just went. Look, And there was that that head clash, obviously, which probably lost her the first round because it looked like a knockdown. uh, And I don't want to mention the commentary because I could go on a 10 minute rant about how uh, Jack Slack called it the goggle box on the screen, which is absolutely perfect. That's exactly what it was. But um, she probably lost that first round because of that and to fight back. I thought she was getting beaten at the start of the second round, but then just put the head down, took over towards the end of the third, and it was all Molly McCann in, the, in the, sorry, in the end of the second, and it was all Molly McCann in and the third, you know, breaking down that reach disadvantage, coming inside, landing big shots. And I t- look, the effect she was having on her shots, I think, in the first um, couple of rounds was, uh, I, I, it was not great. But in the, into the second and in the third round I think she was landing harder and better shots all the time and some people wilt as they get further on the fight Molly McCann seemed to go harder and even at the end of the fight she was roaring and shouting at Kim so it was uh, I was I was really I, like, I genuinely think this is a kind of a coming of age from Molly McCann and this is something maybe that you have to be bang up for a fight to perform like this but I, I think if Molly can keep getting bang up for fights and perform like this all the time she's a danger to anyone you know maybe not the very Obviously Shavinko, not gone getting gone mad now here or anything. But um I think she's um tough, tough as fucking nails and a very, very good performance. I was I was uh I was very impressed. What did you
1: think? Yeah, she she's always been tough like all along, you know. <laughs> uh she's she... She's uh, definitely, as you said, she got into the UFC a little bit early. She's still green coming in, and she kind of, you know, had that toughness to kind of carry her through. But this was a big fight for her. She was coming off two losses, uh, two decision losses, and uh, you know, a third one here, uh, you could be out the door. So this is this is huge for her. And you could see in the third round that you know it meant a lot to her. She really kind of dug deep, and she's one who always digs deep. But you could see, you could see that. You know, she really wanted this one, and I think I think it might have come down to she just wanted it more than Kim. Uh, when they when the go got tough, she she kind of likes it there, and I don't know if Kim did. Kim maybe is a bit more into the technique than than, than the the bite down on the mouth, the mouthpiece kind of style. So maybe uh, you know that suited uh, Molly. And once once the tide had turned, she kind of. You did a very good job of, of keeping up the pressure and you know winning the decision. Where you know after the half or two to the second round, you know you could have went either way. You you, you wouldn't have known how to call it. And uh, yeah, fair play to Molly. You know, uh, obviously, um, you know uh, she's she's a bit of a character. Like she has kind of the connection to Paddy Pimble, that She has the the Liverpool connection, and they're kind of like similar to the Irish fans in terms of they really get behind their guys and gals uh, in in terms of sport and, you know, boxing, MMA, soccer, everything. You know, they're, they're... they're they're very similar to the Irish in that way, in that way, and they really really love their own that they get behind them, and I think like uh, with a big crowd and in, in London and and you, you, Liverpool and shows like that, Molly will like feed into the crowd, and you know that will that will push her on to be even more kind of dogged in her in her fights.
0: Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I think. Um... You know, I think she's exactly what you said there. You know, that sort of fighter who, if she could perform like that again in front of uh, an audience in Liverpool, it'd be it'd be unbelievable. So I'm looking uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Tonight as well, obviously we're recording this right after the podcast so we didn't get a full look at it but on the Chasing Pack this week we talked about KSW and I think Sean Dini was actually over at it uh, so we will have Sean on again to talk about that but Roberto Soldic uh, got the win apparently got a good test uh, against Patrick uh, Klinic and ended up getting the win in the third round there Um, Damian Janikowski lost to uh, Pavel Pavlak uh, as well Darius Stosic got a win but Anton Rakic uh, lost there as well, and there was also a big win for uh, where am I going? Thomas Ramikowski, uh as well, so he moves to uh, fourteen and eight. And, and um, you know, KSW always put on great cards, and uh, fair play to put another one. But next week, Graham, no MMA, no MMA next week. What are we going to do? What are we like?
1: There must uh, be something, is there? No, there's nothing.
0: There's no. I'm looking. There's Dana White Contender Series the next two Tuesdays. No, and I'm looking at topology. 14 days. UFC fight night. Bellator 266. What about Ryzen? an
1: octagon with a K? That's on. Uh, is that on is it September
0: 11th. I won't be watching that anyway. Uh, <laughs>
1: Fantiskek Fodor versus Matos Kahoot.
0: Kahoot? No. The big one. The big one. I fancy Kahoot that I know. <laughs>
1: uh, the big ne- one.
0: Next week on the podcast, um, uh, Spencer Kite will be joining me to do the um, the State of the UFC. So that'll be up for free for everyone next Sunday. So that's going to be absolutely fantastic. And um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'll also get a bit of a weekend off, so I because I'll record that during the week and we'll all have it ready. But um, yeah, uh, it's the start of the month as well. So patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast. It's a good time to start up there and welcome as well to um harry powell who is joined severe in may who will be doing some stuff some videos and articles and things and quill de barra as well who will be starting uh his exams at the moment so around the october november time as well so delighted to have the lads uh on and add, add to the team of obviously the two of us and Ian O'Neill, who does a an absolute fantastic job andy stevenson jake smith uh you know podrick is over working in london now as well but he's doing great work and obviously patrick doing the photography uh as well with us uh, so we've uh, you know we a great team uh, on the go at the moment so welcome to the welcome to the lads and uh, we appreciate it and uh, I'm sure we'll have the lads on for podcasts and different things as well I think Harry has a good few ideas if anyone hasn't listened to his podcast it's really great he's a great interviewing stuff so uh, we have a few ideas coming up and it's uh, onwards and upwards Severe and May uh, and if you want to support us and support you know the uh, Journalism, I suppose, and and people covering the sport and the real independent people covering the sport who don't go away and uh, you know work for the fucking the broadcasters for a few years and then come back acting like they're independent again. Well, we we're here all the time, so you can support us. Now. So anyway, grab any uh, any parting words and anything to say before we go. International weekend no. a bit of boring, no, Nothing, nothing to be. Yeah, done. I
1: was gonna say is it's. it's, it's I was, there's no. <laughs> it's not real sport to slag each other about it's, it's no. too early in the season for that and yeah. you know we're both Ireland fans and obviously Find we it. uh, yeah it's hard to be a, an Ireland fan at the moment um,
0: Gary, at Gary we're not going to finish
1: the group on zero points so I suppose that's, uh, that's the kind of level we've uh, we're at at the moment Here's, uh, unfortunately
0: how many goals do you think Cristiano Ronaldo will get this year in the Premier League
1: in the Premier League this year yeah.
0: well this uh, season
1: this season mm. uh, 14
0: ooh that's low that's low do you want to bet so over and under, under over Oh, under hold on. he's going to be
1: taking penalties actually isn't he ooh maybe Oh, oh
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe
1: maybe are you joking maybe He'll be Bruno out of the club if he's not taking every free kick and penalty Bruno might take him um, yeah right
0: legend Fernandez.
1: Bruno be out of the team now uh, like he is in Portugal with Ronaldo taking it's, up all it's the, not, the it, space it, on the pitch.
0: It's only stupid people really say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking Bernardo Silva is the issue with Bruno in that team because they're playing the two of them and they're two like and like Bernardo Silva can play in the wing as well but they're playing two of them as 10s. You just it's not it's just not possible I think to play the two of them in the same team as
1: two tens. I Well, when you know everything kind of goes through uh, Fernandez, kind of like used to with Coutinho and Liverpool where he's going to always play in the final pass or always having the final shot and Ronaldo's like unless he's passing to him he's not going to be happy with that but sure you so, think Bruno's uh, rubbish
0: anyway so you'd probably think that's a good thing for Man United
1: for, for Man United
0: yeah sure you don't like Bruno you don't rate right Bruno the,
1: no I, I think he's a good player I just think uh, you know he's uh, he's been a bit overrated yeah uh, He's definitely a very good player though. There's no doubt about that. Like I just wouldn't see him as a as a world class player yet. But you know, uh, he, he could easily turn out to be a not easily, but like it's very hard to be a world class player. But he could turn out to be a world class player. But I don't think he's there yet. I think he goes missing too much for for that. I know you you don't think that, but no, for a real world class player, you you don't go missing for big periods of games and. Uh, Spend half your time screaming, lying on the ground for no reason.
0: He's, a, he's a, He is a, a moody bastard, I must say, which, I, I like, if it was any other team, I'd hate it. But for the fact that it's Man United, I kind of love it. You know, he's one of them. I'm sure he really squeals like a of rat though, doesn't he,
1: like, when, yeah, when, he, when exactly. he
0: does. I love a bit of, love a bit of Bruno. No, no bad word for me to say about Bruno. Do you know it's It's uh, how a bit many, exciting how many
1: well. goals? How many goals do you think uh, Bruno Fernandes is going to score this season?
0: Um... When get like he's already got get,
1: what he's already got three, three
0: is he three yeah i think he got 15 or 16 last season did he, in the premier league Pro- you know yeah
1: probably about 8 9 penalties was
0: it yeah yeah maybe uh 10 10 11 yeah that'd be i think that would be a good season yeah. life, you know mason greenwood is fucking oh my god what a player mason greenwood is like God Almighty! Yeah,
1: I, I don't God. know what's going on with Mason Greenwood. Like every time he sh- shoots straight at the goalkeeper, he just doesn't save it. I, I don't know what's going on. Is I it think... some some special technique he does, or <laughs> are these keepers is. just absolutely diabolical? I, like... I,
0: I think he is like he just shoots quicker than other people and shoots from different. Positions and be like if Rashford was in half of the position season, Rashford would be like stepping over, cutting, chopping back,
1: and then shooting. Well, Rashford used to have this though. He used this used to happen, uh, he, but he Rashford was never,
0: he, Rashford was he never was, a he great was, finisher. Like, you no, know,
1: he, he did at the very start. He had like the best man, he had the best ratio of goals in man out history, did he not? Yeah,
0: but he was very confident. He's just hit like when Rashford comes out and just strikes the ball without thinking about it, he's absolutely brilliant, but he thinks too much now. He's oh, he overthinks everything, whereas Greenwood can think about it and produce it at the same time, I just think, like, I honestly well, hopefully think,
1: hopefully Ollie sticks around long enough to, to, turn him into Rashford, he's, <laughs> <laughs>
0: God almighty, yeah that's, that's a worry, but, I I honestly think, I genuinely think, Mason Green would win a Ballon d'Or, I think he's that good, I think he's, I think he's going to be He'll the be best a player, a Ballon d'Or, yeah. uh, I don't know, oh, I don't brilliant. know, I have like, it, uh, since Ronaldo, I haven't seen, a very obviously a different player, but I haven't seen a good a player, a player from United. United, he's special, really brilliant, like, Unbelievable, anyway, 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 we will, uh, that new fella from Liverpool actually looks good as well, what's his name, Harvey Elliott, I know he's coming through the the ranks or whatever what's Yeah, you think he's, of him?
1: he's been there a couple of years, we yeah. signed him from Fulham a couple of years ago and he went on loan to Blackburn he looks, he looks a uh, very good player from the bits I've seen in uh, yeah. in the season before I think he played in the, in the league winning season, I think he played three or four games, maybe yeah. in the Premier League, three or four games in other, other competitions uh, yeah, it really looks a uh, very good prospect. Um, you know, surprised to see him um, you know, basically starting every game <laughs> this season so far. But uh, you know, there must be a reason for that, you know, uh what he's doing in training and pre season, obviously what he's doing in the championship and his potential obviously looks to be through the roofs. So yeah, obviously, uh, it's good to see him and obviously Curtis Jones is obviously a very good player as well that hasn't really got a look in the season yet yet, but Played a lot of games what over about lot, been Bin Woodburn, Casino. Um, he he was he went on loan somewhere and it didn't work out. But he played in preseason, looked decent in preseason. But uh, I don't think he'll be uh, playing any. No. Uh, if he plays any minutes, it'll be cups.
0: Oh, yeah. He looked good there when he came on to see him, but you never know. I suppose you never know, right? We leave it at that. Thank you to everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed like the little bit of soccer there at the end. Patreon.com forward slash severe on my podcast at Sean Sheen BA on Twitter. Follow me there. I don't have enough followers. I need like you know, like six hundred more. Not do me, Follow Graham at Severe Um Follow Ian O'Neill. Follow everyone over there on Twitter at Severe Pod as well. Get in your questions all week. I'm trying to open like my topics list here to get a quote for the end of the podcast. And my internet, I don't know, is great. Are you still here, Graham? I don't know is my internet on or just won't yeah. open. Maybe it's Twitter. And anyway, give us Graham. I'll give you one instead. Yeah. Okay, we're going to end this with the inspirational quote
1: of the week. It might not be inspirational though, but go ahead. throw a it. Go on. (laughs) Your prejudice won't keep you warm tonight.
0: (laughs) It's next Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Go on, Morrissey. Good luck.